Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Cyril of Alexandria was a famous figure in church history, Alexandria, Egypt. He was a figure that stressed a lot of the, the union between the natures of Christ as fully God and fully man. And writing on the baptism, or rather preaching on the baptism of Jesus, he had a summary way of talking about it in this way. He said, For Christ was not baptized as one repenting, but as one cleansing sins and sanctifying the waters. And that's a good quote for us as we consider this morning the Lord's baptism. And how in this way then it informs what it means that we are baptized into Christ. So anytime we consider baptism, there's always a temptation lurking in our hearts that wants to abuse what our baptism really is as God teaches us. That's what sin does. It takes things that are good and perverts them. It tries to twist them in a way. Now, we do it in primarily two ways, but both make a mockery of the sacrament. The first way is when we view baptism as a means by which the mere working of the work does something. This is when we see our baptism as a thing which is just checked off in a way, such as it becomes kind of a get-out-of-hell-free card. When we do this, we know baptism actually does do something, which is good, and we know that we need to be baptized. And we might even remember the words of the small catechism that baptism works the forgiveness of sins, rescues from the death, death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation. But then we leave out the second part, to all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare. We want the action, but not the faith that receives the benefits. And in this first thing, this first example, you don't have to think too deeply or look too hard to see this play out in the church. Think about, sadly, how often you see a baby baptized in a church service, and then you don't see the child again. Or in our own families, look at how many parents, grandparents, and family members will watch a loved one depart from the faith, never coming to church, living a life contrary to how a Christian is to live, but quickly will tell ourselves, but at least he or she is baptized. All the while, the person doesn't believe a word of what baptism means. So this is where God calls us to examine our lives, to go to the scriptures and hear what it means to be a baptized child of God and to continue in the faith by that same word. Now, the other way baptism is abused is when we set, our, is, is when we set faith against baptism to the point where baptism doesn't define who we are in Christ, and something which is our daily comfort and confidence in Christ. We start looking for a Christian faith that wants to see our lives defined by our actions or our thoughts. Now this may be well-intentioned at first. We have a desire to live a Christian life, and that is good. But then we start forgetting how God works in our lives. We might start reading books or listening to preachers who never point us back to the saving waters, but convince us that our faith exists by itself. And does it cling to an object, such as baptism, where God really did work the forgiveness of sins, rescue from death and the devil, and give eternal salvation? So we start looking for God to work in our lives apart from the word and sacraments, and maybe we start then to even reject our baptism, that it counted for anything. We start to say, well, I'm saved by faith, not baptism, driving that wedge between what God has not driven a wedge. And at that point, then, we've jumped headfirst into the deep waters of the era of the Garden of Eden that wanted to find God apart from his word 
and define our faith by looking inward. And so God calls us to repentance here as well. But either way, on these two ditches, the damage is done, and we sin against God by not being faithful to what he teaches us concerning holy baptism. And so anytime we consider the things of God, the problem never rests with God. He doesn't lie about what baptism is, what it gives, how it can do such great things, and what this indicates for us as our lives as baptized children of God. The fault is not God's. The fault lies with us and brings us back to the reading from Matthew, where we see the only one who can save us and the one who makes our baptism a saving thing. So listen again to this account in the life of our Lord as recorded by St. Matthew. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So here's Jesus, God in the flesh, the one who fulfilled all righteousness. So it's only his life lived in perfect obedience to the law of God that it earns you a place in eternal life. Only he, as fully God and fully man, can be the perfect sacrifice as the one who takes your sin upon himself, takes the sin of the world, and by his death satisfies the wrath of God against sin and a punishment that is justly due it. And only he can rise from the dead because his death has no dominion over the Lord of life who created all things. So to view your baptism rightly is to view and believe the person and work of Jesus who fulfilled all righteousness for you. To cling to your baptism is to live in your baptism in repentance and faith. It's to cling to Jesus and what he has done for you as you, as you receive the means he has appointed. So that's the wonderful thing that we see God teaching us today as we hear this account of the Lord's baptism. And it informs your own. You see him emerge from the waters and listen to the voice of the Father, which the Holy Spirit preaches to you this very instant. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This guy, standing here in the waters, he's the beloved one. And so listen then to what God says now, because of this one who came out of the waters, about your baptism into Christ. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. 
So God calls you to live as a baptized child of God. You are to be students of his word and desire those things of God. A group of us pastors were talking the other day when we sit around, you know, and solve all the world's problems. So you guys are welcome for that. We were talking about baptism and these two errors or ditches we can fall into, on the one hand, seeing baptism as some ritual or not regarding the faith and the new life which it gives and is lived out. And it's a hard thing as Christians because we still have that old man around our neck that wants to go either way, along the way. And then you have the devil who's on the prowl, and you have the world which wants to silence you, and all of these things are pointed like arrows right at you. So that's why teaching this stuff, learning these things, knowing these things, believing these things, it's so important. And extolling what God gives us over and above what is not true. Because the church exists in a world that is in darkness and finds its wisdom and way of life in ways that are far from godly. Right after the baptism of Jesus, he went into the wilderness, and he was tempted by the devil. That happens right after his baptism. And that's a telling thing for us, too, as the people of God. In the epistle reading, God inspired St. Paul to write, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many of, were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and our sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So we do well to hear these words today and take them to heart. God called us his own in holy baptism and has called us to a new life. Being baptized is going headlong into the wilderness that you live around you and being a light in the darkness. It's not forgetting what God has made you to be in the waters of baptism where he forgave your sin, rescued you from death and the devil, and gave you eternal salvation. And so that's your armor that you wear as you go out into this world. And that's who you are in Christ, as he covers you. So day by day, this is what you remember as you get up in the morning and you face what is before you, just as you prayed about this a few minutes ago in the collect of the day, that we would live in our baptism. So you stand up against temptation, you pray to the Lord for help, for guidance, and you give him thanks. You make it your habit to read God's word and learn from it. You desire to live according to the Ten Commandments because you know that these things are good and your life is lived as a living sacrifice to God and in love toward your neighbor. This is what you talk about with your wife, with your kids, with your friends. You sit around the dinner table in your living rooms and wherever, reading the scriptures together, praying, singing good hymns like we're singing today, hearing your kids learn these things, singing these things, because these things refine you they strengthen you as a baptized child of God. Because the world will try to catechize you with any and every other thing. The wisdom of the world tries to end prayers with a woman. Think about that for a minute. We had that happen in our world this week. And so if you need help with these things, come talk to me, your pastor, I can help you. So this is a crucial thing in your lives. You're a baptized children of God. Men need to be men. 
Teach this to your children. Stand up for the Christian faith. Work for the bread which does not perish. Women need to support their husbands in this, encouraging them, nurturing their children to do the same. The events of this past year and this past week should scream out to us that living in our baptism is absolutely paramount. And that as Christian families in this estate of the family, which was created before the fall into sin, back with Adam and Eve, is at utmost importance in this world. It's an institution of God. And your hope and your trust and your confidence are in the Lord and what he has given to you. And so you protect what he gives. That's the kingdom that you have influence over, even when the kingdom of this world is falling apart. So confess and discuss these eternal things, which really matter in the world. When you look around and see so much sin, so much evil and death at every corner, trust God's wisdom. And like Joshua, as for you and your house, serve the Lord. Live as baptized people of God and don't despair, but be in confidence of Christ who goes before you. Being baptized is your whole life. It's your very existence each and every day. You have breath that God grants to you. And then at night, when the day is done, and you lay down on your head and you look back at your day, you see where you have sinned against the Lord, and you're sorry, and you want to do better the next day. But you cling to his mercy as you rest your head, knowing that you are God's child in baptism. And you yearn to hear God's word again, and the next opportunity you can get to take into your mouth the very body and blood of Christ, where he continues to be in your midst and give you forgiveness, life, and salvation. And then as you drift off to sleep, you go to sleep as one who shares in the resurrection of Jesus. You go to your sleep as one who will one day go to your death, as one who has been marked by Christ the crucified and who will welcome you into his eternal kingdom and raise your body from the grave on the morning of the last day. So see the baptism of Jesus this morning and know what God has given you in your own baptism and rest in the arms of the beloved Son of the Father in whom the Father is well pleased. See the Father say that to you in your baptism and know that he says that to you even now as he says, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. As he holds his body and blood before you and says, peace be with you. And as you take into your mouth, then that same true body and blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the God who stood in the Jordan River, who hung on the cross, who rose from the dead, who sits at the right hand of the Father, praying on your behalf. So you are baptized into Christ, and that means absolutely everything. Now in this life, and with all of his people who see the full completion of their baptisms in heaven, and on that last day when you and they are raised to immortality and incorruption, just as Jesus is risen and lives and reigns to all eternity. Amen.